Hey everybody, this is Shishao. This is yet a new episode of Salesforce Way Podcast. Today I'm sitting with Alba Rivas, a lead developer evangelist in Salesforce. Hello, Alba. Hello, Shi. Thank you for inviting me. And hi, everyone. Alba, I understand you have made a blog post collecting the resources yourself built for VisualForce developers to learn the new Lightning Web component. Am I right? Yes, exactly. So this is a, a project I worked on last year during mm. a couple of months. And the motivation for this project was that we wanted to help Visual Force developers to uh, do the make the move to Lightning Web Components. We wanted to uh, facilitate that uh, step. We wanted to make their their lives easier. Mm. And uh, we found out that there was no uh, much content out there that was uh, specifically uh, for this topic. So we decided to work on a series of uh, resources um, mm. that I summarized in that blog post. Mm. What kind of uh, content do you have on the blog post? Could you just brief us? Yeah, exactly. So first of all, um, the, the first thing I started working on, the first resource was a new sample app. Uh, mm. Do you know the sample apps in the sample gallery? Yes, I had to look. There are a lot of different sample apps over there, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we have many sample apps that uh, showcase uh, mm. how to use Salesforce development features uh, following the best practices. Mm. And I started working on one called Visual Force to LWC. So the sample app, what it contains are simple code examples, uh, code recipes, right, that mm. are written both in Visual Force and Lightning Web Components. So if you're a Visual Force developer and you usually um, use a specific Visual Force tag to create records, for instance, or visualize a record with uh, the parent record data, mm. you can go there to that app and see the equivalent piece of code written on Lightning Web Components. That way, uh, you are going to, to learn very easily um, how to do exactly the same uh, task, obtain the same result, but with the new technology, with Lightning Web Components, right? Mm. So that was one of the things. But uh, obviously, if you uh, try to learn Lightning Web Components just with that, that's not going to be enough uh, because... Well, you are going to see the code, but obviously you will need some explanation. So mm. we decided to um, publish also a couple of trailhead modules that give context to the examples on the sample app. This means that these two resources are complementary. Mm. We have, for instance, one of the trailhead modules is called Lightning Web Components for Visual Force Developers. And what we try to do in that trailhead module is to um, uh, take advantage of the knowledge that you already have about Visual Force and try to extrapolate those concepts 
so that you can learn Lightning Web Components easily. Mm. I mean, it's Lightning Web Components explained for a Visual Force developer mind, mm. right? Yeah. Then, apart from that, we have other trailhead modules. <clears throat> One of the trailhead modules is a, a quick start for the sample app. We have uh, created quick start trailhead modules for several sample apps, not only for Visual Force to LWC. And it is a nice way to get started with them because they explain to you how to deploy the app, uh, why the app was built, mm. what the app is explaining and what you are going to, to learn from it. And uh, I think it's a it's a great way to, to start. Mm. And um, on top of that, so th those two resources, the sample app and the trailhead modules are complementary, right? To learn at your own path. And on top of that, I did a, a series of webinars on trailhead life in which I explained uh, all these concepts that you need to understand being a Visual Force developers to, to, to make the move to Lightning Web Components, but step by step. So, mm. so the, the webinars are four webinars. And in the first one, I talk about how the architecture of Visual Force and uh, Lightning Components uh, differ. In the second one, I talk about uh, coding concepts in the third one, I talk about how you retrieve Salesforce data from Lightning Web Components and how that is different from what you did in Visual Force, which I think is the biggest topic and the biggest challenge to understand for a Visual Force developer. And in the last one, I uh, talk about how to um, make your Visual Force pages or components coexist with Lightning Web Components, which is something that is possible and that sometimes is, is, is a recommendation, right? Because we don't want to rewrite everything that we have in Lightning Web Components. Mm, indeed. So, so for this blog post URL, I will put in the show notes because a lot of our listeners will definitely will we want to ha have a look after you know listening to what you just mentioned. Um, when I read this blog post, that I understand you have collected really really good resources. Some of them you just read it through to understand the concepts. Some of them you really need to practice by coding. And the last part is the webinar, which contains multiple hours of like presentations. You you prepared so kind of like a, uh, hold us hand by hand to really go through the technical details uh, the difference between the visual force page and the lightning web component as well so yeah i really enjoyed those those resources thank you i i also wanted to add that uh, the webinars Mm -hmm. uh, they are published in YouTube and there mm -hmm. is a playlist in which uh, the webinars are given in English but mm -hmm. as uh, I'm, I'm native Spanish right so mm -hmm. I, what I did was to create the same webinar series in Spanish so if oh. you're a Spanish speaker uh, mm -hmm. you, you can listen to them in Spanish too yeah perfect um, I want to have a question about the declarative tools. So on Salesforce platform, 
the declarative tools has been, you know, improving all the time. So is there any chance, you know, the old visual force page functionalities can be now already replaced somehow by the declarative tools? Yeah, exactly. So, well, when, when you think about migrating a visual force page or an application that you have written in visual force to lining, mm. uh, some developers, uh, first thing that they do is say, okay, I'm going to rewrite everything with lining with components or with aura components, right? Mm. But sometimes that's not the 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 best approach because what happens is that the declarative tools we call them now low code tools right that we have in in lining or that we have developed in the last years mm. um, are uh, much more advanced and have ma many more cap capabilities than uh, the ones that we had uh, ten years ago for instance yeah. so mm. there are big chances that the functionality that you wrote with visual force now it's something that you can build declaratively with no code or with just a bit of code and sometimes that is going to speed up your development process and it's going to to uh, make it easier to be uh, to keep up to date with the changes that we perform because for mm. example if you build um, a, a UI with flow, right? Um, mm. the, that UI is going to, we are going to maintain that UI for you. We are going to make it keep up today with all the changes that we do, for, for instance, styling changes or uh, anything that we include in the platform, right? So um, there are certain bits of code that before you needed visual force to to build them but now you are going to be able to build them just with flow or with app builder or for instance using the utility bar so what i recommend you to do as a developer is to uh, learn apart from aligning with components um, uh, the power of the different declarative tools that we have in the platform as of today because Salesforce is investing a lot in improving these tools and we're going to keep doing that for, for, for a long time, right? Mm. Okay, so it's definitely wise to spend some time to understand the old Visual Force page functionality and see what the low-code or declarative tools can really replace. And then with the combination of that and the Lightning Web component for the migration project, that would be the good idea. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. In the past of episodes, we have uh, guests coming to talk about Lightning Web components, but we haven't really spent time to compare the differences between the Visual Force page and the Lightning Web Component. So could you brief us what's the benefits for us to really using the new technology, the Lightning Web Component? Yeah, so if you think about it, Visual Force is a server-side templating language, right? Mm -hmm. In which... Um, what you do is that you uh, render the pages on the server. Well, not you, but the Visual Force engine, right? Mm. And then the whole page is uh, sent to the browser. 
Then if uh, in a future moment the user makes an action on the page, uh, in the traditional Visual Force um, lifecycle, what would happen is that the server has to re-render the whole page again, right? And send all that information back to the browser. So this was okay for, for the time in which Visual Force was built, but now we have um, much more performant uh, ways of uh, rendering pages, right? Uh, that's how modern web applications work. And that's how Lightning Web Components work. In Lightning Web Components, the, all the rendering happens client-side, right? Mm. That mm. means that the... Um, and uh, the LWC compiler is going to generate a set of JavaScript files, and those JavaScript files are going to be in charge of uh, rendering your component. If you mm. perform an action on the page, uh, in most of the cases, unless you need some server data, it's the client, the browser, the one who is going to re-render the component. And if we need to retrieve Salesforce data, data from the server, Lightning Web Components is going to retrieve only the minimal required data, mm. right? The uh, server calls are going to be uh, much uh, thinner, much, uh, they are going to, to contain or to have to uh, carry uh, much less content. Mm. And they are going to happen less often, not only because we have that uh, rendering happening in the browser, but also because we use caching. There is a cache in, in the client side that we use, the Lightning Data Service cache. Mm -hmm. And if you are using uh, Lightning-based form components or you are using the Lightning Data Service um, uh, wire adapters or wire functions, or if you are using Apex cacheable methods, and mm. the results of those calls that you are doing to the backend are going to be stored in that client side cache. That mm. means that if you need to retrieve exactly the same uh, subset of records in a, a future call, the Lightning Web Component Framework is going to retrieve them from the cache if they are there. And that's going to mean performance. Hmm. I see, I see. So based on what you just mentioned, the modern browser and the modern JavaScript has much more tool set to perform the retrieve the exact data set that you want. So there's no waste of travelings over the network and also you mentioned the cache as well so it just for the speed of rendering and retrieve data from the server side yeah yeah and it's also the fact that the rendering happens client side mm. indeed okay i see i see mm. how how about the architect part so i would assume the architect is, is totally different yeah, exactly. So, so basically, what happens when you when you create Lightning Web components, right? Mm. Uh, when you deploy a Lightning Web component to your OR, what's happening there is that the, there is a compiler that is compiling your code. The compiler is doing several tasks. 
right? One mm. of the things that we do is to uh, transpile the code to, well, we really, the compiler really generates two versions of the code. One of the version is the compatibility version. That version is going to run uh, in old browsers that don't support ECMAScript 6 features, as for example, Internet Explorer 11. Mm-hmm. And the second version of the code is going to be a, a modern version in which we use ECMAScript 6, right? Mm. To create that, what we do is that we transpile the code, we transform the code to uh, uh, the required version, ECMAScript 5 or ECMAScript 6. We do that to support um, backwards compatibility, right? And um, that code is going to be like stored in your org. So when you uh, access a page in which that Lightning Web component is being used, the uh, definition file, not the definition file, but the JavaScript files that uh, uh, shape that Lightning Web components are sent to the browser, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the browser, is the one that is going to uh, render the component and connect it uh, to the page, right? This is what we were yeah. talking about, the difference between um, server-side and client-side. Mm-hmm. Then there, there is another uh, topic that is important to highlight here, which is statelessness, right? Mm-hmm. In Visual Force, we had uh, the view state, that uh, was the way to maintain a state between subsequent server-side codes. Mm. In Lightning Web Components, as uh, what we use to communicate to the backend our simple HTTP, uh, HTTP requests, we are not going to maintain a state between the client and the server. Everything that uh, you need to uh, the server to know uh, in each server call, you are going to need to send it to the server in, in your uh, server call, right? And the same happens when that information is sent back from the server to the browser. And mm-hmm. um, the uh, third implication of the uh, architecture that we mentioned, we have already talked about that, which is the caching, the server-side cache, sorry, the client-side cache that we use in Lightning Web Components, and that is going to have implications on the performance that your applications are able to reach. Hmm. Um, you just mentioned the stateless. I, I kind of understand the power of stateless which means the following uh, request to the server doesn't need to understand the previous request, right? But why is there such a difference? Why in the old Visual Force uh, page, why do we need to keep the state? That's something I don't understand. Yeah, because in Visual Force pages, you, <clears throat> we had this thing called view state. Are you familiar with view state? And not too much. Okay, so so the view state was an, an object mm-hmm. uh, that um, stored all uh, the uh, values of the inputs and items with which the user could interact in your page. Oh, the view okay. state was passed to the server with every request. 
And this was a big headache for some developers because the view state had a limit, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a, a famous visual force limit, which is like you have reached the maximum uh, view state in kilobytes, whatever, whatever. I don't uh, remember the number, right? Okay. So now uh, it's uh, the, the the way in which we, we pass information to the server is that the developer has to, to decide what do I want to send to the server on each request, right? Mm. That is uh, much more performant. It mm. has an additional um, uh, work that the developer has to do. But as you can imagine, uh, the, the result is is substantially much better, right? Mm. Okay, now I get it. Yeah, so instead of passing everything as one package to the server each time, now it's up to the developer de to decide what parameters, what attributes you want to talk with the server, which is much thinner, as you just mentioned. Yeah. Hmm. So... How about the coding practices for Lightning Web Component Visual Force? I know now the uh, VS Code is like the standard tool for us to use. So is that already like the best practices? Do we have some other tools? Also, could you give us some, some information as well? Yeah, so uh, for creating Lightning Web Components, they are not supported in Developer co Console, right? And they are not uh, going to be supported in, mm, in Developer mm. Console. There's no roadmap for that. And uh, what we recommend to, to use is Visual Studio Code. Why? Because mm. we have a, a set of extensions that we have created for uh, Visual Studio Code that are going to make it much easier to develop not only Lightning Web Components, but also Visual Force or Apex or Aura. Hmm. These extensions, what they provide are uh, things like auto-completion capabilities. This is when, while you are writing, for instance, I was writing yesterday a component in which I, I was using uh, the Lightning Design System. And if hmm. you try to write a class uh, that starts with SLDS, then one of the extensions is going to auto-complete that class and tell you all the different SLDS uh, classes that you can use. So it's, it's much uh, more uh, productive to, to code using Visual Studio Code that using, than using the developer console, right? And also mm. is like the uh, most extended IDE, not only for Salesforce development, but for any kind of development. Um, it's going to provide also syntax highlighting. It's going to be super easy to see the help for the base components. For instance, if you have a lining card component and you want to take a look at the help, you don't have to uh, navigate to a browser and go to the Lightning Web Components help. In mm. VS Code, you just uh, place your mouse over the component and then the help is going to appear, mm. right? Mm. And then as uh, if you are using VS Code, this is something that you normally have installed in your machine, 
Meanwhile, uh, a code builder uh, comes up, right? We don't have code builder yet. Um, mm. So as this is something you have installed in your machine, um, you need a way to uh, send uh, the files that you are modifying to your organization, right? Mm -hmm. And for that, we normally use the Salesforce CLI. Mm -hmm. So another thing that the VS Code extensions provide are shortcuts to use the Salesforce CLI. So mm. if you run, don't remember a specific command, for example, I use a lot the create lining web component one, is a command that creates um, all the scaffolding, the files that you need to, to create a lining web component. I normally use the shortcut that comes with the, with the VS Code extensions because I don't remember uh, uh, the command exactly, how to type it, and with the shortcuts, you can uh, just select a, a, a command from from the uh, shortcuts panel with with a click, right? So it's much mm. easier to use it as for CLI with with the uh, with with the VS Code extensions. Yeah, just just to be clear, the VS Code tool can still be used to develop Visual Force page. Am I right? If I want. Yeah, exactly. So mm. anything that you want to develop in regards to Salesforce development is available in Visual Studio Code. I mean, it's going to be much easier to develop that from Visual Studio Code because all those features that we have added of auto-completion and syntax highlighting and so on mm. are for lining web components, but also for Visual Force and for Apex, right? You can run mm. your Apex tests from Visual Studio Code for mm. instance, and you can use uh, the Apex debugger from Visual mm. Studio Code. Excellent, excellent. And before closing yeah. this session, I still have one more question to ask, which is more like general. So in the Lightning experience, the front-end part, we had Visual Force page, we had Aura, we had the Lightning Web component, which is the newest. So do you have any information to share with us? What's like the roadmap on this on this, you know, uh, direction. Yeah. So, um, what we plan to do is to continue improving uh, lining web components um, mm -hmm. and all that relates to lining experience. We have provided capabilities in lining experience to uh, keep using Visual Force and Aura when needed. I don't mm. know if you have uh, talked in the podcast about Lightning Message Service, for instance, that allow mm. you to communicate Visual Force components with Aura components with Lightning with components. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah, and we plan to continue supporting. I mean, we, 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 as far as I know, we don't have a plan to deprecate Visual Force or Aura components. But it's true that the major investments that are being done as of today in what regards to UI development in Salesforce are in lining web components. It's our newest technology is based on web standards. If a developer knows JavaScript 
already is going to be super easy for him or for her to pick lining web components. And if you learn lining web components, it's going to be super easy for you to to uh, make the move to another JavaScript based technology, right? And mm. <clears throat> on top of the, all the performance benefits that we mentioned before. So that's definitely the area in which we, we are investing more. And of course, a declarative functionality, right? Like flow builder and so on. Hmm. Excellent. Thanks for sharing all this with us. Then back to your blog post, I recommend all the listeners to really check the show notes. We have a link there, which have all the information we just talked about. And then those are really in details, including coding practices like the sample uh, gallery as well. So definitely go there to check all this information shared by Alba. Thanks, Alba. Thanks for your time this uh, to you. to come to the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank see you. Bye see bye. you next time then. Bye bye.